Masechet Nazir, Daf Lamed, the final Mishnah of the fourth Perek, uh, teaches, Ha'ish megalech al nezirut aviv, ve'en ha'isha megalachat al nezirut aviha. There is a case in which a son can uh, use the father's money uh, to shave. In other words, if a father became a Nazir and set aside money, and then died and was not was not able to use that money. The son can use that money to pay for his own uh, concluding nazir sacrifices. <clears throat> we'll define exactly which case that is. However, a woman cannot use the money of her father uh, if her father, in the same situation, da, uh, was a nazir, set aside money, died without completing. A woman is not allowed in any circumstance to use that money for her own nizirut. The Gemma is going to explain that this relates to inheritance law. Uh, since a son inherits uh, the father, so he can in some way inherit this money, even though the money is really uh, consecrated money. Nevertheless, he can inherit it in the consecrated state and use it for the same purpose. Uh, however, a daughter who generally does not inherit unless there's no sons, uh, so she's out of the picture. Uh, Gemara will explain further the difference between a son and a daughter here. Now, Kesad, in what case can a son um, use the father's money? We already saw a long baraita that said that a son can basically never use a father's hatat offering. If the father sinned and set aside money or an animal for hatat, son cannot use that. But Nazir is different. And there is one case in which a um, the son can use it. it has to be ma'ot setumim, unallocated funds. And now there's a question about, um, is it necessary that the father and son were contemporary, were nazirim at the same time, or that uh, the father was a, a nazir and the son was not, the son only became a nazir after the father died. So we're going to see a machloket about this. Um, the following Mishnah uh, is going to come to us in two versions. Uh, we have one version here in the Mishnah that's printed in the Talmud Bavli. This is equivalent to the Mishnah in the manuscript, uh, the Kaufman manuscript, which I have right here, uh, which is considered the oldest and most accurate manuscript. This is the version of the Mishnah in other Mishnah manuscripts in the Talmud Yerushalmi also and is uh, matches up with what we find in the Tosefta. Uh, so this has an old and uh, qualified uh, tradition. The, the, what makes it complicated is that the Talmud Bavli, soon, you will see, is going to quote a different version uh, that switches around the opinions, different version of this Mishnah. Now, in order to reconcile them, uh, the Rosh changed this Mishnah and switched around the cases. Um, and if you look at the art scroll, that's what they do. They follow the Rosh and they erase this case, put it here, erase this case, and put it here. That way it reconciles. But uh, there is zero manuscript evidence for doing that, um, especially considering the Tosefta and Yudushalmi and all the manuscripts, manuscripts of the Mishnah itself. Okay, therefore, what we have to say uh, instead is that there are, in fact, two different versions of this Machloket and of this Mishnah. One that comes from Eretz Yisrael, which would be the Mishnah-only manuscripts, the Tosefta, the Yerushalmi, as opposed to the Bavli that has a different version of this Machloket. 
Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, let's see it inside. Kesad. Misha ya aviv nazir vifrish maotze tumim al neziduto vamet. Veamar hareni nazir al menacha galeach al meot aba. Okay. The case is if a father was a nazir himself. That's it. And he uh, set aside money unallocated, meaning he didn't say that the, this $100 will be for Chatat, this 100 for Ola. He just said all 300 will be for my sacrifices. And he dies before concluding. And then the son says, I'll be a Nazir as long as on condition that when I conclude and shave, I can use my father's money. That's where it works. Why would that work? Because the the father had this money. He can't. He couldn't use it. The son can inherit it and use it himself. However, if it was a case where the father and son both were nizirim at the same time, and the father dies, in that case it wouldn't work. He can't use the father's money because since the son himself was a nazir at the same time, so he's obligated to bring his own funds. He already has an obligation to bring sacrifices from his own funds. So he can't use his father's money. Only if the son was not a Nazir and becomes a Nazir later, and he says, I'm going to use my father's money, which has no use uh, uh, right now, then it works. Okay, it seems that that would be the opinion of the sages, of the Chachamim. And the Rebbe Yoseh disagrees with that. This is the simple reading of the Mishnah. Now, usually when someone disagrees, it says the name first, Rebbe Yoseh Omer, um, although here, that doesn't say that. Okay, but nevertheless, based on Tosefta and the way the Ushami reads it, I think it's clear that Rabbi Yoseh is arguing on what's above. I'll try to read the Mishnah in a different way in a second. All right, but this is the simple reading of the Mishnah. Rabbi Yoseh disagrees with the sages and says, no, this money that the father um, allocated and then died, you have to just, since it was unallocated, but he designated the money, but it's unallocated for each individual sacrifice, you use it all for communal uh, uh, voluntary offerings. And the son cannot use that to for his concluding sacrifices in that case. Rather, the Bio says, I think that it's the opp- opposite. The other way around, it works. When can a son do it? He agrees that someone can. In other words, everybody agrees with the first opening line. There is a case in which a son can use the father's money. Oh, so what is that case? And it's the other way around. Where if the father and the son were both nizirim at the same time while the father was alive, and the father uh, designated money but didn't allocate it for each sacrifice, and then the father died and wasn't able to conclude, that's where the son can use it. And that actually makes more sense. In a different, li- a different t- a line of reasoning, you could say since they were Nizirim at the same time, so they're more connected. And so that money that the father designated, although he designated it for himself, but it was at the same time that the son was also a Nazir, so then it's much easier to argue that the Nazir can say, Listen, that money was designated while I was a Nazir also. Where there were parallel Nazirim. If he's not going to use it, I'll use it. Whereas the other case, if the father was a Nazir and the son was not and the father died, well, then that's it. That Nazirut and that money is gone. If the father, if the son then makes a new Nazirut, 
Well, that has nothing to do with the father's nizirut. They don't overlap in time. So the son cannot bring those funds, right? So there's a good, a good logic for either way. And so you see, the Biyose is the one that says that they have to be nizirim simultaneously. Whereas the Chachamim, we're going to name the Chachamim in the, the other version of this, um, the rest of the sages say, no, it only works when they're not simultaneous, when only the father and then the son. All right, that's the simple reading of the Mishnah again, and that's the reading in the Yerushalmi and the Tosefta, and in the Mishnah manuscripts, the Mishnah-only manuscripts, and in the Bavli manuscripts of the Mishnah too. Okay, um, but what happened, uh, uh, what, what happened over time is that Talmud Bavli and, uh, uh, was transmitted, Bavli only, without the Mishnah sometimes. And so the Mishnah that's included in the on the Bavli page is not always the same Mishnah that the Babylonian Amoraim had. And so this can be one of those examples where the Bavli Amoraim had one version of the Mishnah and um, and the Mishnah that we find on the Bavli page is actually the Eretz Yisrael version of the Mishnah. Um, as we'll see, the, the Bavli is going to quote it. Now we're ready to analyze the Gemara. What is the difference? Why should there be a difference between a daughter and a son inheriting or using the funds of the father? This is already the third time we, we say Rabbi Yochanan saying this phrase. He actually says a, a, a few more times um, and, uh, and that, we're, that are going to come up uh, later on. So Rabbi Yochanan has this phrase. There are a few oral laws that we have to do with Nazir and um, can't find a source for it in the Torah. And that's just the way it is. It is a oral oral law uh, that's from Sinai and has the status of a deoraita. And uh, this is another one of the applications of this oral law, which is that although generally, as we saw in Chatat, uh, if a father designates something to be a korban Chatat, that's it. No one else can use it. But the oral law says, no, here's a leniency, which is that a son can, in fact, uh, use the money that was allocated by the father uh, if the father died before completing his nizirut, the son can use that money designated as long as it was not specifically allocated for these various sacrifices. So that's the reason why a man can. Now, a woman cannot. So we ask about that. Peshita, isn't it obvious that a daughter isn't going to be able to? After all, a daughter doesn't, uh, doesn't inherit. Uh, so if it doesn't even inherit regular money, certainly she's not going to inherit uh, this kind of consecrated money. So isn't that, isn't that obvious? Why does the Mishnah have to teach it to us? Is the Mishnah coming to teach us that a son inherits and a daughter doesn't? We know that. That's explicit in the Torah. So the answer is, Oh, I might have thought that um, if a man doesn't have any sons and he only has a daughter or daughters, then since the daughters inherit his money, his his free property, chulin property, then I might have thought that these, the daughter can then use the um, father's father's designated money for a nazir and she can become a nazira and use that money to pay for her sacrifices. Why would I think that? I might have thought that this whole thing works through the through an inheritance and therefore. It would follow all the other laws of inheritance. 
This is this question is going to come up again at the end of the suga, in which we wonder what if there's two sons, what if there's a bechor, right? Is this follow the regular pattern of inheritance or not? Anyway, as long uh, when it comes to daughters, kamash malan halacha, the answer is no. It does not follow the regular pattern of inheritance. For regular inheritance, if there's no sons, the daughters do inherit. However, for this particular law, this is an oral tradition that is exceptional. And a son can use the uh, the designated nazir money of the father, but a daughter never can, even if there are no sons. All right, good. Now, question about the Mishnah. In the Mishnah, at least according to the uh, the reading of the Bavli, in whatever version it had, um, has only the opinion of the Biyoseh, and uh, not the opinion of Rabbanan. You could actually read the Mishnah that way if you take, remember it says, Amar Rabbi Yoseh, not as um, a uh, machloket, but as a continuation. And if so, you can read it, uh, right, Kesad, what is this law all about? Well, if uh, if there was one after the other, Rabbi Yoseh said, it's no good. And um, uh, and so where where can it work? Only if it's uh, if they were nizirim at the same time, right? If they were one after the other, it's no good. They have to be at the same time. So you could read this as being all the opinion of Rabbi Yosef and not reporting the opinion of Chachamim at all. And that doesn't change the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, right? Uh, no matter whether you read Ahmad as arguing or not or or continuing, uh, either way, Rabbi Yosef would say. If they, uh, if if it's if they're nazirim one after the other, the father dies nazir, and only then the son became a nazir, it would you cannot use the money. Whereas the simultaneous, you can use the money. Um, so the biyoseh remains the same, just doesn't report about chachamim. So we're wondering, what about chachamim? Do they agree? Do they disagree? Uh, and if they disagree, do they disagree with the entire thing? Um, uh, uh, do they agree with the first half or the second half? Right? Do they say you can always use the money, never use the money, the other way around? All right, let's see. Tashema, and here's the answer. And so now we're quoting the Bavli's version, either you could say the version, their version of the Mishnah or a Braita that they have that is parallel to whatever version of the Mishnah that they have. And you can see here in this one that the opinions are actually the opposite as in our Mishnah. In which case, in what case can a son use the father's funds for his concluding sacrifices? So this entire paragraph is a Biyose. We're going to see the other opinion uh, afterwards. So what does a Biyose say? Um, if a father himself was a Nazir only, he designated money and died before he concluded, and then the son picked up, so this is a one after the other case, um, and said, I'll be a Nazir on condition that I could use my father's money, that works. See, in this version, the Biyoseh says one after the other works. But if the father and the son were both Nizirim simultaneously and the father designated money and died, then you have to use the money only for communal sacrifices and the son cannot use it. And that's the opinion of Rabbi Yoseh.
Okay, so right here, you see, this is the opposite of the Mishnah. The Bavli never asks, wait, this Baraita is the opposite of the Mishnah. How, how do we reconcile it? In fact, that it does not ask means that the, um, the Bavli is actually quoting either their version of the Mishnah or a Baraita that is the same as their version of the Mishnah. All right, um, now, the, to answer the question, does this is the opinion of Rabbi Yosef, do Chachamim disagree? They say, no, the second case that Rabbi Yosef brought, that is a case where it does work. So in other words, they flip it around the opposite way, and they say, if the father and the son were Nizirim at the same time, then the son can use that of the father, but if there was one after the other, then they cannot. All right, so we see that the rest of the sages, in fact, disagree on the Resha and disagree with the Sefa. They have the opposite logic. Okay, the two versions of the Mishnah, the one from Eretz Yisrael and the one from Bavel, when read, uh, when read according to their Peshat, at least they both agree that there is a disagreement, right? In other words, the Biosah says one way and the other sages say the other way around. Uh, just the, the, uh, the, the difference between the two versions is who says what, in the Eretz Yisrael version of the Mishnah, it's the sages that say it has to be one after the other, but simultaneous doesn't work. In the Babli version, it's the Biyoset that says it has to be one after the other, but simultaneous does not work. Okay, so this is a really fascinating and very important uh, example of the way the Mishnah was recorded and interpreted. Now, we're going to end with a few questions. Ba'e if a person has two sons and he went through this whole thing, he was a Nazir, he died, and he left money, and the two sons that both want to be Nazirim. So how does it work? If it's a halacha, it's an oral tradition. If it's an oral tradition, then it doesn't uh, use the mechanism of regular inheritance. So according to that, Whoever is a Nazir concludes his Nazirut first can take all the money, right? Because it's not about, it's not, a, they don't have to split it evenly. There is this money available that the father had, and any son that uses it first can use all of it. Or do we say, no, it works as a Yerusha? Um, even though it's not regular Chulin money, they can't go and, and, and buy something in the store. Nevertheless, this is consecrated money for a Nazir that gets split evenly, and therefore, Son A gets half, son B gets half, and uh, son A, when he finishes Nizirut, he could use his half. Son B, it's waiting there, and whenever he wants to finish his Nizirut, he can use the other half. Uh, that's question number one. We don't answer it. Now, what if, more complicated, yeah, one is his firstborn son, and the second is a regular son. Uh, now, if it, for a regular inheritance, this firstborn is going to get double. So that means the firstborn will get two-thirds and the secondborn will get one-third. So maybe it's an, simply an oral tradition and therefore you don't have to only use according to uh, the amount of the inheritance that they would get. You'd say first come, first serve. Whoever's first can take the whole, even the second son, if he shaves first, can take the entire amount. Or do you say it's going to follow within inheritance? Now, even if you say it uses the inheritance, um, there's still going to be a further question. So right now we're saying maybe it's inheritance totally. 
And just like an inheritance, it'll be double, two-thirds and one-third. So to here, um, the, uh, the, the firstborn son gets two-thirds. And even if the second son finishes his nizirut first, he can only use one-third, and the two-thirds is left for the firstborn. Um, but within that, there's still a further question. Even if you say it follows the general laws of inheritance, and based on how much inheritance the person would, the brother would get, that's what he can use for his nizirut. But but you still might say only regarding chulin, a non-consecrated uh, inheritance, that's when the firstborn gets double. But if it's consecrated, then the firstborn does not get double. In other words, you could, maybe they split it half-half um, because you apply the general inheritance um, and uh, to the consecrated money, but the bechor status, does, you do not apply to consecrated money. Or, since he's using it, and he can use it for the purpose of his shaving, whenever we say shaving, we mean for his concluding uh, ceremony and the sacrifices that he has to pay for, so it doesn't matter, and yes, he gets uh, double. So, in other words, we have actually three possibilities in this scenario, when there's a bechod and one other son. It could be whoever shaves first gets all of it. It could be that they split it half-half and we ignore the bechod law, or it could be that the Bechor gets two-thirds and the second one gets one-third. All right, another question. Aviv Nazir Olam Vehu Nazir Stam. Aviv Nazir Stam Vehu Nazir Olam Mai. Ki Gemirin Hilchata Bistam Nazirut O Dilma Lo Shena. Let's say they are different types of Nazirim. A father says, I'm going to be a Nazir Olam. If you remember, a Nazir Olam is someone who is, remains a Nazir forever, but... Uh, every so often, when their hair becomes too unkempt, about every year or so, uh, they can uh, cut their hair, trim it, and uh, then they would bring their the three a set of three korbanot. So a nazir olam also brings korbanot. So a father says, I'm a nazir olam. He set aside money so that he could do his trimming, and uh, then he died. Um, now the son said, decides to be a regular nazir for 30 days, a limited time nazir. Can the son use it? Use the father's money? Or do you say, these are different types of nizirut? Or the other way around, if the father was a regular nazir, set aside money and died, and then the son um, is, wants to be a nazir olam, or, or again, if they're simultaneous, depending on the machloket before. The point is that they are different types of nazirim. Uh, may, so do we, can, can he use it, even though it's a different type? On the one hand, maybe this oral tradition is only referring to the same type of nizirut, stam nizirut and stam nizirut. The father was for 30 days and the son was for 30 days. Then he can use it. Uh, but, uh, and, uh, but if it's different types, then he can't. Or maybe the oral tradition teaches that it doesn't matter and he can do it no matter what. All right, that's, a, that's another question. And without answering that one, we build another and let's say we're both talking about um, uh, the concluding sacrifices after they were pure the whole time. And uh, so that's that's where the son can use that of the father. Here's a built another question. What if the father was a Nazir became Tamemet and he designated money for his two birds and his animal, and then died before bringing those sacrifices, and they were unallocated. And then the son uh, is a, but the son is a Nazir Tahor, he never became Tameh, and he wants to use the same money 
instead of buying two birds he wants to, and, and an animal, he wants to use this money to buy the three animals for concluding Nezirut. Um, or the other way around, if the father uh, was, uh, was uh, uh, designated the money for his concluding uh, korbanot, and the son became Taman in the middle and wants to use the money instead for buying, um, uh, for buying his uh, sacrifices for becoming Tameh. My, can he, can you do that? Can you switch off in that way? Take all, we leave these questions standing. And with that, we complete the fourth pedic. Hadran alach mi she'amar.